everybody my name is Nkiruban Joko and I'm on to you for the children's day seminar the topic which is digital intelligence creating an intelligent future for our children I'm an online facilitator and a teacher with the community of learning in Canada I'm also a grant writer for non-profit and for youth initiatives I consult for the ECOWAS Commission on e-learning projects and I also run my own e-learning firm called e-learning consult Nigeria where I'm the CEO and the chief learning officer. I was formerly a staff of the distance learning center University of Ibadan. So we're going to be looking at keywords uh, that we're going to be focusing on here. Intelligence transformational learning, sustainability, digital literacy, creativity, and innovation. Uh, I'll give you an overview of uh, what's going on right now. You know, somehow the pandemic has opened up, uh, let me say the Pandora's box, <laughs> you know, in terms of what our education system is really like, you know, how prepared we were for something like this, you know, to be able to provide alternative means of instruction delivery to our students beyond the classroom. Apparently, we haven't been able to uh, to do that over the years. But, but you know, it's uh, you know, as the world becomes increasingly dominated by technology, we all know that we need new ways of thinking to be effective. And our ability to acquire and apply new knowledge and skills is what we describe as intelligence. In the past, the industrial age was process-driven, and was dominated by concepts of logic. But right now, we are in the digital age, and this requires new form of knowledge and intelligence uh, to cope. More recently, you know, we have been able to identify other forms of intelligence apart from the one that we know, I mean, the, I mean the IQ that we're all familiar with. We've been able to identify other forms of intelligence like emotional intelligence, which are incredibly important in human contact environment. But then, now that we have entered the digital age, we also should be thinking about a new type of intelligence, which is called the digital intelligence, if we are going to be effective and productive in everything that we do. Apart from just being teachers or parents, we all need digital intelligence to be productive. What really is digital intelligence? A simple definition of digital intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply new knowledge and skills related to the digital technologies. It's more than just knowing how to use something. But why am I using this? You know, what is this that I'm using? How do I know how to use this very well? When and where should I use these digital technologies to improve effectiveness and um, and outcomes fundamentally um, digital intelligence is a relationship with technology just as emotional intelligence is also about our relationship with others for teachers we know what it's like for us to think of the curriculum and the syllabus and how we're so tied to our lesson plans you know we seem to have a kind of bonding with them we talk about learning outcomes, formative assessment, and summative assessment. You know. 
So our teaching methods and strategies seem to have bonded with them such that the ones that we were used to or let's say what we used to teach students as far back as 15 years ago we are still using them to teach the students of now students who have become so familiar with uh, digital tools such that um, these are ways of um, what teaching them may end up cramping them you know creative um, may end up cramping their creativity and their innovation but then it's not something that we cannot change so because it's not really about the use of the digital tools at the exclusion of human ability but it it is that it enhances the relative strength of the people that use it a teacher may not be able to meet the learning styles of all his or her students we have some children that learn easily just by hearing you they don't even want to write some learn by writing some you know through the visual means then then we cannot talk about the multiple intelligences but how can a teacher you know that has his notes or her notes is detecting from there writing on the board you know address all these learning styles it's not possible but then you can actually do that with technology and that's why we need to deeply look at you know the reasons why we need to adopt technology in teaching and in learning to the second session for this children's day online seminar and our topic is teaching for intelligence basically when you are teaching for intelligence it's like teaching for thinking and what you're interested in is how students produce knowledge not just how they merely reproduce it you know which is quite common you teach and your students for me whatever it is that you have taught them definitely no So intelligent behavior really is performed in response to questions and problems the answers to which are not immediately known and it takes a teacher that's teaching for intelligence to bring that out then the question now becomes what behaviors indicate efficient and effective problem solver how can you identify Or let me say, what do human beings do to actually show that they behave um, intelligently? Research has indicated that there are some identifiable characteristics of effective thinkers. It's not only just for scientists or artists or students, you know, who do, I mean, who demonstrate these behaviors. These characteristics have been observed, or let me say, identified in successful mechanics, teachers, entrepreneurs, salespeople, parents, people in all walks of life. So the question still is what do human beings do when they behave intelligently So far a couple of um let me say characteristics of intelligent behaviors you know have been identified it could be more than that but let's start with the ones that we have right now Students 
you know, who have who demonstrate intelligent behavior have been known to do one particular thing is persistence. Persevering when the solution to a problem is not immediately apparent. And I'm sure that you, you could have seen that in uh, I mean some of your students, those of you that are teachers. Some will say, I can't do this, or it's too hard, or they rather any answer to get the task over with as quickly as possible. And some some could they don't even take time to even analyze the problem. They just do it anyhow and and just believe that well, I've done my best. But students who think intelligently don't do that. They mull over every problem that they come across and they want to be sure that there are alternative strategies of problem solving. They will collect evidence to indicate their problem solving strategies working. And if one doesn't work, you know what, they switch to another. They use systematic methods of analyzing a problem, knowing which way to begin from and knowing what steps must be performed. This is what it means to persevere when the solution to a problem is not immediately apparent. And I'm sure that you can verify, I mean, you know, I mean, you can uh, say that you have one or two or three students who do that. Then you have decreasing impulsiveness. Often, some students just blurt out the first answer that comes to mind, not even considering the alternatives. But you see, as a student or a child becomes more intelligent, he actually thinks before he does something. He's not in a hurry to prove that, okay, I know the answer, so I mean, let's, I mean, let me just say something. You know, an intelligent child will decrease trial and error. So that, you know, in the, in the event of doing that, uh, he or she gathers much information before they begin a task. An intelligent child will take time to reflect on an answer before giving it to make sure that he or she understands directions before beginning a task and to listen to alternative points of view. Another one is listening to others with understanding and empathy. You see... Not everyone of us have uh, good uh, listening skills. You know, not all of us have it. And psychologists actually believe that the ability to listen to another person, to empathize with and to understand their point of view is one of the highest forms of intelligent behavior. Because you could say something that doesn't match the answer expected and some other children will laugh at you. But this one, an intelligent child wouldn't do that. You know, they, they wouldn't do that. Instead, they want to go over what it is that you have said and probably understand why you even said uh, such a thing. We're talking about characteristics that show that a child is intelligent. And you now see later that it is the way that the teacher has been able to inculcate some of these things is a teacher that actually brings it out in the way he or she is teaching the kind of strategies you know that you use to teach your students when it's time for protocols you're not just writing when it's time for them to to have audiovisual you're not just giving a paper when it's time for them to do projects or be in groups you know exactly what to do you are teaching for intelligence. 
to bring out intelligent behavior in your students. The next one, the fourth one, we say is flexibility in thinking. Some students are, I'm fixated. This is the way, this is the only way that this problem ought to be solved. There's no other. You don't even bother to even find out. A flexible child will think, if I go this way and I come across a roadblock, there could be another way through which this problem can be solved. So they can state several ways of solving the same problem and can evaluate the merits and consequences of two or more alternate courses of actions. When making decisions, they will often use words such as however, on the other hand, or if you look at it differently, because their thinking is not fixed. They're thinking that, okay, fine, there could be some other ways to getting answers to this problem. And working in groups, they often resolve conflicts through compromise. They express, they, I mean, they, you know, they express the willingness to experiment with another person's idea and strive for uh, consensus. They have metacognition, that is awareness of your own thinking. You know, when you're aware of how you think, you can actually rate or assess your thoughts, your thought process. You know, you can say, ah, I should not have done this thing this way. You know, or you get to a point where you are sure of what you want to do and you apply cognitive vocabulary correctly as they describe in, you know, to describe your thinking skills and strategy. That's what a child will do. A student can be used, uh, I mean, can be what's going to hurt to use such terms and phrases. I have an hypothesis. My theory is this. When I compare this point of view by way of summary, what I need to know, these are clear, clear thought processes. It's not as if he's doubting. No. He or she knows exactly what he or she wants. They are aware of their thinking. Then the other um, intelligent behavior that you can see in a child or that, you can, that a child can demonstrate has to do with checking for accuracy and precision. Some students are often careless when turning in their computer work. Some mess up because they are rushing, or probably they haven't even given in enough time to even doing the homework, you know. So just do it anyhow. But there are some that even after doing it, they go over it again to be sure that they've actually hit the nail on the head. They're checking for accuracy and precision. Then uh, you have questioning and problem posing. When you see an intelligent child, he or she wants to know why this is this, what is the reason for this one, how is this thing done. The spirit of inquiry is forever buzzing around them. They're not just contented to accept that, okay, the sun is in the sky and hasn't fallen. They want to know why it is in the sky and hasn't fallen down. They also want to know why is it that it comes out in the day and doesn't come out Oh, it's all fine. Something else even comes out in the sun. Why does the moon come out in the evening and the sun during the day? They just want to know. They are going to ask you questions. So if you have a child like that in the class, you know, and sometimes you could think, ah, I mean, this child is asking too much. 
or probably uh, most distracting the class. And I know that there are some, uh, what's going on, some educators that actually, you know, they put down such children. And it's like, please don't ask them. You're asking too many questions. It's, it's a sign of an intelligent behavior that a teacher should be able to manage effectively. An intelligent child draws on past knowledge and can apply to a new situation. Oftentimes, I have seen children that were taught how to build something small in class and they come home and they are thinking about how to do something bigger. And it's like, oh, this was what my teacher taught me, but I can apply it to other situations. They are thinking. They are thinking about how they can use what was given to them. Maybe a couple of uh, work days earlier, and they can link it to a new situation or, or a new task. That's an intelligent behavior. You also have precision of language and thought. You know that as a child grows, his language base you know, grows, becomes more clear or let's say more clarified you know he's able to express himself better using the i mean precise words knowing what they actually stand for and not just mix up words they're actually careful okay this is the kind of word i'm going to use for this situation to describe it accurately they're also using all their senses if you see them right from when they're much younger they want to touch they want to feel they want to hear what's happening somewhere they want to see they want to think about something it's all signs of intelligent behaviors and it is the teacher that actually helps hone these things because the environment the learning environment that a teacher uh, provides determines whether some of these things, it could be later in the child. The child may want to express himself. But if a child, go and sit down somewhere, you're just disturbing the class, ah, running up and down, touching this and touching that. Classroom management is one of the key things, especially when they are much uh, younger, when they need to feel, to talk, to hear, and to probably come in contact with their, um, uh, with their classmates. It's so important for a teacher to understand that some of these things are actually intelligent behaviors in children and not because they want to be unruly. Then you talk about ingenuity, originality, insightfulness, and creativity. A typically intelligent child will not accept that he or she cannot do something. At the end of the day, he or she was like, ah, okay, I can't do it now, but I, but I can learn to do it. And they are ready to learn. They are ready to go go on to do something that they could not do before. And you see, when they even do it and it's not good enough, they actually want to go over and make sure that they do it again. They are creative. Then they have they enjoy solving problems. I know a boy, a 16-year-old boy, that his parents always say, "Ah, there's nothing that she cannot fix in the house." He has a rabbit tree. He is also thinking of uh, of, of what's owning a farm, and he's just 16, he's about entering university. And he wants to be a doctor. He says, but there's nothing wrong in also having a farm. 
and he's, he was already telling his parents last year that he wanted to buy some uh, what they call those uh, some chicks you know for december and make money you know and his parents were like okay fine we'll find out how we we'll do this so he had a rabbitry and was because he had an injury that his parents had to uh, keep me away from the rabbitry this is a child that is like i can do this thing doesn't matter whether i want to do medicine or not. that doesn't stop me from going into agriculture so you find out that some of these things there are uh was behavior that teaching can bring out in children depending on how the teacher is delivering the instruction to the students it's not uh, 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 please oh, I don't want anybody disturbing me when I'm writing there's some children that when they don't understand you they excuse me sir I don't understand this thing and the teacher will shut them up that that attitude is shutting out the spirit of inquiry in a child or probably you the, you know I mean the child is trying to make sure that I didn't get this thing this time but I must get it maybe others have actually gotten the answers they now have a teacher say, ah, who is your, there's one Olodo here that has not finished his own homework or done his own assignment so a teacher can actually teach for intelligence that means to bring an intelligent behavior in children when you decide that okay this group of quiet students should also be with those that, are, that appear to know it all and you monitor that there's no bullying or you know i'm funny behavior so that they learn from each other create collaborative cells and you know what when you have technology it's even all the way much easier especially if they are much older probably they are in senior secondary school you know you can put them in groups different groups you can decide okay fine you guys go and come up with a project and i want to see everybody's input and that way everyone is involved so this is the end of the second session for today we talked extensively about teaching for intelligence noting key behaviors that have been observed by research of course there could be other behaviors too which um, you know if you know just let us know so that we we'll continue talking about it how can we teach for intelligence and when we do that's where we can get the best out of our students thank you very very much <music>